Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 191. And oh, wait. Wait. Nope. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 191 of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host at Michael J. Putty. It's been a long week. Happy it's over. It's just me here this week. Can't wait. We got a lot of talk. Whoa, about. whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just you this week? Oh, I didn't, I didn't see you there. Hey, what's going on, Mark? Mark's here. What's going on, Mark? The Hollywood assassin, your favorite actor, Mark Schwann, is back in the house here tonight, along with you know, scumbag here, Michael J. Putty. Hollywood ass ass in. Mark Schwann. I'm getting better. I'm practicing. No, you're not practicing. I think you're just being a dick. Aren't you that? The Hollywood assassin? The Hollywood assassin. Assassin. Oh, what am I doing wrong here? I don't understand. I, I, I feel like in 2020, we are going to have a match, me and you. I think that's going to happen. I think that's the angle you're going for. The voice for. of a shot of wrestling versus the Hollywood assassin? I'll walk. I'll walk right now. What is, I was hey, you lose ratings. That's what's going on. Your mom's still listening. Can we move on? Last week we talked about the holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas. I got a problem with Christmas this year. You have a problem with Christmas every year, but go on. When I was a little little kid, all right, I remember sitting by the TV, turning on NBC to watch the tree lighting. Right. Hour, right, from 7 to, seven to 8, boom, 8 o'clock hits, trees up, boom, watch TV. A while ago, it was from 7 to 8, which is local time, and then from 8 to 9, it was prime time, so I stretched out to two hours. Mm-hmm. Now it's three fucking hours to light a Christmas tree. <laughs> they like to milk it out. I mean, hey, oh, Jesus. I mean, come on, this is know, too much. Now I, you light you're lighting the tree at ten fifty five, right? Or nine fifty five. Yeah, that's too late. I don't see to see Gwen Stefani sing her Christmas songs three times. Hey, listen, I uh, remember when Raw used to be two hours. <laughs> uh, anyway. And it, now was, it's three hours. I was watching it this week. And I was like, "This why am I, This is way too long. Way too long." Over the over commercialization of uh, Christmas, we talked about last week. Speaking of last week, how's your week been? How are you doing? My week's been great, actually. I feel like it's always the opposite. You always have, seem to have a pretty bad week, and my weeks are always awesome. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Two different lifestyles. Two very different lifestyles. So you played uh, some sort of state trooper. I did. I did. I'm not allowed to get too, too much info about that, but yeah, but, I, f- I filmed up in. Uh, Nyack, New York. Are, are the comments, you can confirm it's not a Yogi Berra thing. It's not Yogi Berra. Okay. Did I say Yogi Berra? What an asshole. Yeah. Too many shots of wrestling already. It's not Yogi. It's not Super Troopers 3. Oh, that would be cool. A lot of people are saying that. Stranger Things? It's not Stranger Things either. Blacklist? No, it's not Blacklist. Bojack Horseman? There, dude, we could be here all day. There's so much TV out there right now. It's a show that hasn't, it's not, I don't think it's aired yet, the show. How am I supposed to fucking guess it then? Anyway, anything you want to talk about? Anything to get up your chest? Anything I want to get off my chest? Uh, usually you save this for the end, but um, you know what? I was on my Facebook feed. I like to check out my memories on Facebook. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, she had time hop. I use that every day. 
Yeah, I, I check it out because, like, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how, you know, I've evolved in social media. Also, just, you know, in case, like, back in my drunken college days, if I post anything inappropriate, I like to delete that. Um, but I came across something interesting this past week. This is my one-year anniversary of a shot of wrestling. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. I, oh, yeah. I, I noticed it was like I posted. I was like so happy. It was your very first episode. Yeah, oh. I posted my very first episode. Wow. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Thank you, man. Does it feel like a year? No, it, it feels longer actually. <laughs> a lot longer. You said that with like a certain like disdain Did in I? your voice. I, sh- I just remember happy you were here because I was thinking, how am I going to do the year under words by myself? Uh huh. And then here you are. You showed up. That's fantastic. Yeah. Looking forward to that again. Ready for year-end awards coming up in only a couple of weeks? And you know what? That had me thinking as well about the year-end awards. Ooh. I'm looking forward to that more than Christmas. I, I'm I'm struggling, though, with, like... Oh, it's going to be so much fun. So It's going to be so hard this year. It's going to be very hard. Like, rivalry of the year? I don't even know where to begin with that. Because now you can include AEW stuff. You, now you can include Impact stuff. So it's going to be interesting. NXT stuff. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I'm just having trouble finding out who my indie stars are going to be to keep an eye out for. Mm. Which is viable. Slide in my DMs at Michael J. Putty and uh, we can work things out. I think I have some ideas. Oh, let me guess. East Coast Syndicate. What do you mean East Coast Syndicate? To be what? A breakout star? The ones to watch in the indie scene? I mean, they're, they are oh, sorry, the... the East Coast Assassins. Why are you making a mockery of the name? I, this goes back to the whole fact that you... I remember, actually... The first time me and you were on the air together, and you were pretty upset that you didn't have a Satsujin name, or at that time, a Saiyan name. Yeah, Saiyan name. I, need a, I should get a Saiyan name, no? Well, now that you're shitting on them all the time. I do not shit on them all the time. You're shitting uh, what, on what, them what, all the time. How? Oh, you mean how? Aren't they not the East Coast assassins? When, when you're in commentary? Yeah, I got to play a role. I got to play a role. I got to do you a role. Backup. No, no. I, 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 I hear you on the show as well. You're talking shit. Are they not the East Coast assassins? Oh, now you're saying, starting to say it better. East Coast Assassins. No. East Coast Assassins. We're saying the same thing, buddy, and we're, we're wasting too much time. Oh, God. Happy anniversary. What, want to do a shot? Want to do a drink? I, I want Barton De Niro to put you through a table. That's what I want. But, yeah, let's do a drink. And I want Jesse the Body Ventura to punch you in the face. Yeah, where did that come from? Well, talk it off air. It's right plain and simple where it came from. But no one knows what we're talking about. So let's get into some news everyone knows about. All right, Mark, on your one-year anniversary, we got a lot to talk about. Let's get right into it, then. The news. Ryan Satin announced on this week's Backstage, that's something we reported like three months ago, but anyway, John Morrison is returning to the WWE. I think it was just more so speculation. I don't necessarily know like, how official it was. Did WWE make a statement about it? I don't remember, but... Yeah, they did. They did? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess it's official, official now. Because <laughs> he's on a multi-year deal. He last left the company in 2011. Eight years? Sooner than that, no? I a whole, rem- almost a whole decade without John Morrison? I remember how, how it happened, too. He lost uh, he lost a match on Raw, and John Laurinaitis fired him. Did he? I don't remember that. Yeah. I remember him getting blown up in the limousine on uh, Z True Long Island Stories. I don't remember that. Did you watch that show? No. Sorry, Zach. Didn't watch it. <laughs> and not only fans 
are praising his return. Everyone's loving it. Very excited about his return. Well, he was a good performer. Oh, he was great. Great job as Johnny Mundo, Johnny Knight, uh, Johnny Impact. Uh, Johnny Nitro back in the day. Yeah, but since, since he left WWE. Oh, since he left. Yeah. He's been champion wherever he goes. And I'm uh, looking forward to being champion again. Maybe. Maybe. Now, where do you think he goes? Do you think he goes to NXT, SmackDown, Raw? I was thinking about that. I don't think he's going to go to Raw. It's either SmackDown or NXT. NXT will give him the ratings boost they need. But I think it's probably going to be SmackDown. Network, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Morrison. I have a feeling it's going to be an NXT. I'm not upset with that. I think that'll work. I think it'll work fantastically. Yeah. Like I said, give him the ratings boost they need. Give him some more star power. No, absolutely. And, you know, like, because especially this week with the ratings with uh, AEW and NXT, they were like really neck and neck. Six thousand, right? Yeah, AEW got the got the slight edge, but and NXT beat AEW after um, Survivor Series. We didn't, get the, we didn't get the results last week because it was Thanksgiving. Yeah, but they be, did beat them two weeks in a row, and then they come back this week to beat them by six thousand, barely. So it's gonna be quite tight and tight. Like I said, around December, maybe after the holidays, everything's gonna start plateauing. So I think it's going to be like a week versus week battle. So that's exciting. I mean, they're pretty solid numbers. Yeah, definitely solid. So yeah. speaking of AEW, AEW superstar Luchasaurus tweeted saying that Johnny Morrison is his best friend and training partner, saying, and I quote, and with what we've been working on lately, he's got to make everybody in the industry step up their game. What the hell could that mean? John Morrison getting better? More, that parkour stuff? I mean, here's the thing. John Morrison was always amazing inside the ring there is no questioning his yeah. athleticism his in-ring ability the one thing like you know it was yeah, i feel like a butt coming here yeah i'm sorry there was this is me talking about his wwe days i didn't really necessarily follow john morrison or john i hate his last name hennigan hennigan yeah hennigan i didn't necessarily follow him too much afterwards i was aware of the things he was doing but i didn't necessarily know what he was doing character wise and character wise john morrison yeah didn't really do a whole lot for me. Okay. I feel like his promos, they didn't really give him like a lot of promo time. Mm. Like, you know, nothing really stood out except for his athleticism and his in-ring ability. That was it. That was it. Now, yeah. if you add on top of that, you know, you know, some depth to him, some character work. Is that saying a lot? Because that worked in Lucha Underground. That worked in Impact. But WWE, I guess he has to, he needs that character work. You do. You absolutely do. I, I think you need that. It doesn't matter what promotion you're working at. I think you need it anywhere. Because, you know, after a while, you know, you're doing cool shit in a ring, it gets old. You know, after a bit, you know, you can't, it gets going to get to a point where you can't top the last thing you did in the last match in the ring unless you fucking kill yourself. And I don't mean that literally, but, like, you know, you know I, you're going to do a move that's going to cost you years off your career. It's not worth it. He comes back as John Morrison? He has to, right? Yeah, he has to. The slow-mo intro? I don't... I say no. 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 I, do something cool. Like, Drew McIntyre, when he came back, he did something different. He didn't come back as 3MB. He didn't come back as the chosen one. Man, I would love 3MB to come back. What? Why do you want 3MB to come back? Who doesn't? They're awesome. They're a three-man band, baby. Oh, God. You know, it's... it's no. No. Absolutely not. But hear the first sentence of the story, as reported on WB Backstage. So hopefully that leads more to them breaking news on Backstage. That'd be cool. Which the show is supposed to be about, I think, right? I think they're still finding their footing. Oh, definitely. 
I think this guy Ryan Satin is supposed to be the uh, what's this guy's name from Fox Sports, the guy they go to for the old insider information. Jay Glazer. Yes, thank you. We'll see what happens. Another news. Sure. Speaking of backstage, it was also reported that the reason why Dio Madden has not returned to commentary is because he wants to continue his wrestling career and now going to return to the Performance Center. So we talked about it in the show, brought it up, like, why is he come back? How long does it take to recover from an F5? Right. Well, so now we know. Yeah, obviously something was up. Yeah. But apparently, uh, another side to the story is that Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn weren't fans of him on commentary anyway. They were not fans of him. They wanted to take him off. But they were, I think the plan was for him to train and retrain on him how to do commentary. Right. They were going to try to get him better, but he's like, hold up. Well, he wasn't really that good, truth be told, on commentary. I, mean, I don't really remember him, but I don't remember him sucking. I mean, I think he could get better. You know, it just it just didn't like, no, gel. Commentary, commentary you, know, you don't come out of the gate awesome unless you're Samoa Joe or CM Punk. No, no, it, uh, it takes some time to get find a rhythm. I agree that you don't necessarily come off the gate awesome, but, like, you know, there's such a thing as, like, the chemistry just fell off. Something didn't seem right. You know, you can always sense, like, potential with someone. But Dio Madden, I didn't, I didn't sense that at all. I mean, like Dave Otunga? I, I honestly don't know what you see in Dave Otunga. On a lot of Like what? Uh, everything. Chemistry's there. His knowledge is there. His timing is there. His comedic jokes are there. He's not dry, boring. His inflection is there. He's not monotone like some asshole that I know. Are you talking about yourself? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Dave Otunga, I, I don't know. He just came off flat to me on commentary. I, I think he's good. He's getting better, though. I saw the potential of him. He's getting, getting better. better. I mean, he hasn't done commentary in years. No, before he left. Yeah. During watching SmackDown. He's like, I, I don't pretty. necessarily remember, but I'll take your word for it. You should. I'm not lying to you. Well, who knows? Maybe Dave Otunga comes back because they're going to need a third man. Samoa Joe, the, as awesome as he's doing a commentary, he's only going to be there until his injury heals up, which could be as soon as January. Yep. We don't know. So we'll see what happens. So, you know, you might get your wish. Maybe Dave Otunga comes back. I doubt it. He had a chance last time. They didn't even think of him. They're going to have to have someone. Maybe Byron goes in there. I'm curious to find out. who Do they bring Byron back? Do they bring a, a new face in? Todd Phillips, maybe? Yeah, Todd Phillips isn't. Uh, I think that him and, and Vic would be too too similar. Yeah, exactly. Who's talking? Who's talking? We don't know. Right. Another news? According to a report from PW Insider, Matt Hardy's contract is currently set to expire in February of 2020. The report notes that WWE and Matt are not that far apart in terms of financial details, but one of the biggest hurdles is creative. Exactly. Matt wants this last contract to be his last contract, and he doesn't want to sign a contract until, unless he's getting like, some sort of push. He brought back the YouTube channel show, uh, Free the Delete, where he wants to bring back his broken character, which had great success in Impact. Never really took off in WWE. Where do you see Matt Hardy going in the future? Um... If he does not sign with WWE, he's going to use that broken character in the other promotions. Exactly. I'm assuming Impact will try to get him, maybe AEW. I could see AEW making a strong push. I don't see that, him fitting in AEW. I, 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 feel, I, I feel like it would be like just a a lame attempt at something that was so successful once. Like, they don't need that. Go back to Impact, where that could go work. Yeah, that I think that's your heart talking there. You want him back in Impact. I think Impact... I want him in WWE. I think I'm a big Man Hardy fan. I think Impact needs him back, actually. Impact needs, like, another big name in there. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, I think it's going to come down. If it's his last contract, you know, what's going to pay more? What's going to give uh, him the creative rights? I think AEW can do both. I think AEW can give him a lucrative contract. I don't see Broken a- working in AEW. But... 
I, I, I think you're wrong. I could see Broken doing very well in AEW. AEW World Champion, Matt Hardy? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, you think can you see WWE World Champion, Matt Hardy? No, but I see the broken character getting over if given a legit shot. No, I don't see the broken character getting over in WWE, and I think Matt Hardy knows that as well. There's no way in hell WWE is going to give him the creative freedom that Matt Hardy wants. So which did, is why I don't think he can... They did briefly with that whole deletion thing he did with Bray Wyatt. It wasn't the same. But Vince didn't like it. Right. Again, we go back to Vince McMahon. Uh, maybe he did Matt Hardy to NXT. And that's what I was going to say. Maybe Matt suggests that. Because Triple H, I think, would give Matt oh, Hardy the freedom 100%. to do it. The reign seemed looser on uh, NXT. If I'm Matt Hardy, I would ask for that. Okay. You don't see him being a big fish in a small pond, though? No, because, look, Finn Balor's there. You know, Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler, I, I don't feel Adam Ballard Cole, baby. Really got over in the main roster. It's because of his injuries that happened. It really set him back. And it, you know Vince McMahon in injuries, man. Like, especially his first go, his first go getting the Universal Championship, being the Imagine, first Universal Champion. What, what if would have happened, right? He got injured. Yeah, but what That's a big what, red flag. What would have happened? What would have happened? Who knows what would have happened? But the fact is, it happened, and that hurt Finn, Finn Balor's career in the main roster. Now he's back in NXT. I, I think he's doing better than he ever has. As for Jeff Hardy, there's some positive news. Mike Johnson is reporting that since his DUI arrest, WWE has strongly implored him to get help. Apparently, Jeff is doing this very aggressively, so that's happy news. He's not, he's not doing it half-assedly. He's not fighting it. He's doing it willingly. You know, I hate to be this guy. Um, so let me finish that before you ruin okay. my, like, right in my parade. Hardy is still in the contract. His contract has been frozen due to his injuries, so he will, the contract won't expire at the same time Mass does. Great. Go ahead. Um, but here's the thing with Jeff Hardy, what you're talking about with him. I mean, yes, I mean, that's great and everything that he's going, seeking the help that he needs, but it's the same song and dance. I've seen this show a million times. It's a repeat to you. It's a repeat to me. I, I'll believe it when I see it. I hope for the best, but he's he's got it's an addiction, man. It's he's it's diseased, and especially being in this business, and he was doing good for a while. He was yeah. absolutely he was, but being Sad. being entertainment world. It's hard to have that, that, that balance there, especially in professional wrestling when they're always on the road and there's always the, that, um, just that, uh, the, the temptation that's there. It, it's, I think Jeff Hardy will finally beat this the day he retires. Hmm. Okay. I, I think if Jeff Hardy really wants to beat this once and for all, retire. I'm curious to see if he's on the same page as Matt and he wants to sign one more contract. If he does, that will be his last contract. Maybe maybe, maybe this is his last contract. Maybe. But I've always been a Matt guy, so I'm hoping Matt comes back and gets it. Wherever he goes, I'm going to follow Matt, even if it's AEW. Best of luck to Matt. And please, don't get me wrong. I do hope the best for Jeff Hardy. Oh, I think we all do, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want my words being taken out of context here. I, I just personally, I'm just one of those people, I, I believe it when I see it. And I, I've we've seen this story so many times, especially with him, that, like, okay. Man, like, just let's just get you better already. Talk about Matt going to uh, Raw, SmackDown, maybe going down. He said, he said going down. He can't say that anymore. Going over to NXT. Tommaso Ciampa was interviewed by Lillian Garcia and saying, and I quote, I vocalized to them, if I go to Raw or SmackDown, I'm going to retire and become a producer or coach. 
He added a run on the main roster isn't worth it for him or his family because he wouldn't be able to manage the schedule. That's huge. One of the biggest names of NXT does not want to go to Raw or SmackDown. And I commend him for that. You know, yeah. he's someone, okay, going back to what I said about Jeff Hardy, Ciampa is self-aware. That's something that a lot of guys that they can't do is being aware of like you know what their body can and can't do, being aware of what the uh, their limitations, you know, being aware of like you know what they want. You know, Ciampa seems like he's perfectly content being at NXT. He's a rock star in NXT, and he knows what's going to happen if he goes to the main roster, and he doesn't want that. He wants what's best for his brand and for his fans. I was reading some article and there's a thing that uh, NXT is signed with the full say universe I think to either 2020 or 2021 but they can see NXT being a traveling show like Raw or Smackdown once that contract expires exactly yeah that kind of throws a wrench in his plans because it's going to be the same schedule then no pretty much yeah okay so we'll see what happens I mean how old is Ciampa he looks older but it could be just the beard could be the beard yeah. that's why I have a beard make myself look older I have a baby face Keep telling yourself that. Mm, your mom tells me enough. In other news, fuck is up with you, man. I don't understand what that means. Just, just go, do you want me to stop the mom jokes? Yeah, go, yeah, do you want me to stop yeah, the mom go, jokes? Go, go, go on with the news. Just go on with. Do the you want me to stop the mom jokes? I, I feel like you're Jim Rome right now, and, I, and I'm Jim Everett. I don't know who those Jims are. Are you fucking serious? Do you not know anything other than wrestling, politics, and the world? More important stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know who Jim Rome is. <laughs> the asshole to goatee. Yeah. <laughs> just now, recently, this week. W announced matches for TLC, which is different because they're kind of holding back announcing these matches, which seems weird, you know? It seems so off. Like, what? It's this coming Sunday, TLC. Two weeks, right? No, it's this Sunday coming up, December 15th. Okay, yeah. Like, so we did there, nice. We, we only have, like, what? One, two matches confirmed, maybe, for sure? Which seems odd. But apparently, this man wants... To keep doing this going forward, according to Dave Meltzer. No. No, please don't. The location for the event, the Target Center in Minneapolis, promoted three matches. The, the Kabuki Warriors versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair in a TLC match. Bobby Lashley versus Rusev and Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. I think two or three of those matches have not been confirmed anywhere else. Meltzer notes McMahon hasn't made any official decisions regarding the card yet and also doesn't feel the need to anymore due to the WWE Network subscription model. McMahon's new philosophy is that pay-per-views are all about network sign-ups as opposed to the limited pay-per-view business. Like, who still watches on pay-per-view nowadays, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. If, if you're watching pay-per-view, you're, you're fucking not good with your money management. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the belief based on patterns of sign-ups is that they are big on the last day of the show and not before. Okay, so I guess people sign up to get that free trial the day before the show starts. But that's because the build has been happening. You know, mm, good point. But we don't care about the build because we're already going to watch it. We have the show. You know what I'm saying? We're not signing up for the network. I think that's what he cares about, just getting network signups. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to sign up for a network unless, like, wow, I'm really into this fucking card. I'm really into these storylines right here. How's it going to play yeah, out? Yeah, but you, you, can I mean, sign up, you can sign up the day of the show. Like, oh, Rusev versus Bobby Lesh, I want to see that. And he got you hooked. Then you're, you're done. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm so against this. I'm against it, too. It just seems weird. There's no build. Like, like, now, you, now we got to predict what's going to happen. Like, oh, Bobby Lashley versus Rusev, of course. At TLC, there's going to be a TLC match. Is going to be a chairs match, ladders match. Are you going to do that for WrestleMania as well? Oh, imagine. Like, you can't. You can't do that. Not for every one of these. Maybe for like a, a shitty pay per view, I can understand. 
But I, I don't consider TLC a shitty pay per view, and that, they're making it seem like that. I think it's on the C list, right? Probably a C list pay per view. I don't know. Like, you know what I hate? I hate these gimmick pay per views. Tell me, what grinds your gears? This is what grinds my gears, baby. I remember, you, you know, when you get a TLC match, like, you know, at random pay-per-views or steel cage match or hell in a yep. cell match, you know, they're supposed to build a feud. Now it's just like these mandated pay-per-views and mm-hmm. TLC, you have to have a table smash, you have to have a ladder smash, you have to have a TLC match. And, and it's unwarranted. One of my biggest problems was we, it was always February with the Elimination Chamber matches, right? Mm-hmm. No way out. Right. That's a, that's a cool title for Elimination Chamber. That's awesome. Right. It's just called Elimination Chamber. Yeah. That sucks. No, it sucks. It's seen with Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Like, why Why do we just have to wait till the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view to see a Hell in a Cell match other than maybe a WrestleMania? No, you have a great point. I totally agree with you. I felt the same way when this stuff started happening. I'm like, okay. It's just like a Hell in a Cell match should end a rivalry. It shouldn't just be in there like, yeah. in the middle of. It's it's so fucking stupid. It was the dumbest thing that they fucking did as far as with these pay-per-views. It annoys the shit out of me that they're still doing it. Like, wake the fuck up. Preach. We, we agree on something, finally. Like, shit like this makes me hope AEW blows him out of the water. Really? Because it's just so fucking stupid with some of the decisions that they make. Your anniversary shot's kicking in. Yeah, I, I guess so. I'm, I'm, I'm getting comfortable, I guess. Yeah. Anything more? You, you want to let it off? You done? The rant? Wake the fuck up! That's it. That's it. I I, I don't know. I don't, maybe maybe you get more more subscription ratings then. I I don't know. I, whatever you want to fucking call it. Okay. Like TLC, who do you care at this point? Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin facing each other in a TLC match. Why? Why? Well, what 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 are they reaching for at the ladder there? Or is it going to be a one two three count? Is it Which, a TLC match? Yeah, it's supposed to be a TLC match. I never got TLC matches with nothing on the letter. Right? Yeah, I never got that. This is fucking stupid. Yeah. I can understand the Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte and Becky. Yeah, titles on the line. A TLC match. That would be fucking cool. I, I, I'll dig that. We have reached our limit on F-bombs, by the way. Thanks to you. I didn't know we had a limit. This is fucking ridiculous. Excuse me. You can edit me out then. No, I won't testify, brother. I, I think I'm, I agree with a lot you're saying. I think a lot of people are agreeing with what you're saying. So keep going. It's just you know it, 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 they could be better. The, the, I think that would help with the storytelling because I, I think if anyone's listening to this show long enough right now, I'm all about the storytelling. And right now, the, the uh, I think the way the structure of these pay per views makes it so stale. That, that, that's that's my opinion. I, I don't know. Not crazy. Well said. But we had to move on. Another news quickly. NWA World Champion Nick Aldis announced on this week's episode of NWA Power. <laughs> Stu Bennett will now be joining the commentary table to replace Jim Cornette. I feel like that was out of nowhere. That, that Totally out of nowhere. My man, right? Wade Barrett. I'm a big Wade Barrett fan. Stu Bennett, I feel like he's been out of the wrestling game. Has he even taken any bookings? I haven't heard his name associated with wrestling since he left uh, WWE. You should have maybe listened to the show because he was part of a big part of Lucha Underground. Oh, excuse me. I didn't necessarily know that. Actually, he was on the cliffhanger. He was, to, he was supposed to be a bit part of the next season, which never happened. But yeah, he's been doing things. He's been hosting TV shows over in the UK. He's doing uh, no, I know he's football been, commentary. He's been more of a um, broadcaster. A broadcaster, and uh, he's done acting as well. Yeah, a couple movies. 
but like as far as like him associated with wrestling, I, I wasn't really aware that he was he was doing uh Lucha Libre. Uh, um, but I, I misspoke. He he did season finale cliffhanger. He was supposed to be part of the next season, which never happened. Okay. He essentially joined the company on the Into the Fire pay per view and the next set of TV tapings. That's awesome. Big fan of Wade Barrett. Congratulations to him. Good pick Stu up. Stu Bennett. He's not going to be Wade Barrett. I'm afraid I got some bad news. That's right. <laughs> He's got a great voice, though. I, I, yeah, he does. That's, that's awesome. And a good brain and knowledge of the business. Though. Yeah. Mark, something we talked about last week, the new replica belt for The Fiend. That ugly piece of crap came out, which isn't as ugly as I said. I apologize because it's so cool that it's who's making it. The guys who made his mask, the same guys who make the mask of Slipknot. It is sort of, each one's going to be different. Cool. It's awesome. You texted me. <laughs> I did text you. You <laughs> said it would be $6,500. I thought it was a typo. I thought you meant $650, which was more reasonable. No, that wasn't a typo. 6500 Renee Young said on backstage, 7000 with taxes and fees and everything. Right, right. It's an extra like, 600 and change with um, yeah, the taxes and the shipping and shit. Huge backlash over this price. However, there might be a couple explanations as to why. One, the title is very, very limited. They're only making a certain amount, and the title is designed by the same people who make the mask, which makes it be very, very high-end product. Each going to be different. I think, make, I think they're making 10, I think they're making 10 titles. Oh, right. wow. Okay. Number two, Dave Meltzer believes this is an experiment by the WWE that if enough people are willing to pay that price for a title, then maybe, maybe it's worth creating and selling more custom titles in the future. Because even if a small handful of people buy, the experiment is a success. But I, here's the thing. They have to be as cool. Those t- those titles. Well, I remember they came out with a replica title for Bret Hart and a custom title for the Undertaker out of nowhere. That I don't. I don't remember that. Came actually. out a couple weeks ago, and that was like I think seven hundred dollars each. Did they sell? I don't know. I don't have the figures for that. But this one, sixty five hundred. Would you do it? If I had money to piss and burn, like if that was uh, Mister Cohen, who's buying the New- allegedly buying the New York Mets for billions of dollars. 6500 is a, a tip at a, a restaurant for me. Absolutely. For Michael J. Putty, who does not have the finances, no, I would not buy it. I don't I think... Hollywood, let you tell me, Bob. You have the <laughs> bankroll for this. I do. You're a Fiend fan? I am a Fiend fan, but, you know, I um, listen, I'm not one to blow my money on shit. You know, like, I, my career... I, you know, you never know. Don't what could the happen. guy took a helicopter to the last BWF show. I'm, that was out of necessity. But I, I'm not one to just blow my money on anything. You know, my last my last job that I did could be my very last job. Period. True. I don't know because I, I rely on uh, I rely on my money from the jobs that I do. When I don't work, I don't get paid. I get residuals, but that's a different story. That money could run dry any time. So, of course, I'm careful with my money. I, I, I have a business manager, you know, and... Five, five ten years ago, you had this in first show, hit big. You're in the Big Bang Theory, right? Boom. Billions and millions of dollars. I'm, would you buy this title? I would still think the same way, though. That's it's, just it's, me. Not, I, even, I, not, I, even, not even a dent in your bank account. I just don't see the value in it, me personally. I, Green, I, smiley face shirt guy who buys front row center camera tickets to every freaking show. But that's that dude. That's that you guy. You think he's buying it? I, maybe. Yeah, probably. 
That dude, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, you, yeah. He'll probably buy it. There are That's people. I, I I told you this, so I, I I text you. People will buy this. I'm not that guy. I'm wondering. I'm wondering who. But there are other people that I've are. Asked a couple people reply to my social media is that they would if they had the money. Right. I get that. I would too if I had the money. If it was if I was a fiend fan. But I just sixty five hundred dollars. That's a lot. Okay, realistically, we're talking over seven grand for it's for a piece of art. Let's, let's, let's call it a, basically what it is: a piece of art, right? To do what? Hang in your wall? I think I think that's why I want to buy it because I'm not an art dude. Like I I I've been to places where I, I've been to art shows where I see art or unquote unquote art, and I see the value of it, how much they're, they're fucking selling for. I'm like, there's no way in fucking hell yeah. I'm buying that. I because I just don't get it. I mean, why why is it something that looks like my nephew could have done? It's selling for seven k. I feel the same way about fashion. I think fashion's a whole bullshit scam artist. <laughs> it's all bullshit because fashion is subjective. So if I want to wear like wear like something and it's out of style, who the fuck you tell me is out of style, dude? But I see these fucking costumes on runways that go for a hundred, a thousand, a dollar. Heidi Klum could walk down a walkway wear a trash bag. And after that, it's going to sell for a thousand dollars a pop at fucking Macy's or something. On shit. sale. For <laughs> anyway, we're off topic. But if you buy, if you buy the championship belt, please let us know. Inbox to sharpwrestling dot com. Dial up six zero nine three four three three zero zero five. Better yet, if you buy this championship, take a take a picture, take a selfie with that thing, and tag a shot of please. wrestling. That'd be awesome. And maybe get you on the show. Yes, and we'll interview you as well. If you paid sixty five hundred for a piece of art, we'll have you on the show for free. Done. All expenses paid on the phone. <laughs> In other news, Maro Nala returned to NXT commentary, welcomed by a huge standing ovation and a chance of Mamma Mia. You laughing? I, I just um, it's overkill. Okay, I think one, honestly, one documentary worth checking out is Bipolar Rock and Roller which originally aired on Showtime during Mental Health Awareness Month back in May of 2018. The following preview is, and I quote, Bipolar Rock and Roller is a raw, revealing documentary chronicling the prolific combat sport broadcaster Maro Arnalo and his lifelong battle with mental illness. is now available for free for non-subscribers. The full documentary is available on Showtime, on demand, Showtime, the app. So I've never heard of the documentary before. Something I might check out. Maybe learn more about Maro Arnalo. You seem completely disinterested. You know, I, I I talked about this in the last show too, and I don't know, man. Like, I get it. You know, he he's got a mental illness, but again, touching about what I said in the last episode, a lot of people in entertainment, especially in professional wrestling, they are battling some shit, but they show up to work. Not everyone that's dealing with mental illness or addiction is getting a standing ovation when they come back to work. Yeah, no, one appla- you, no one applauds me when I show up every day. No one ever will. <laughs> different, yeah, I know. Different note, though. Um, My life sucks, thanks. <laughs> it does. My life wow. is great. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I love you, my man. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I said what I had to say about Mara before in the past, and, you know, like, 
the thing with Morrow is, so you are you gonna check out this documentary or no? You just told to write him off. No, you know I'd be curious to check it out. I, I want to know more. I never heard about this. I'm interested to see that. What, uh, but with Morrow, like people criticize, like you know what Corey Graves said, blah blah blah, and in the WWE in general because it happened with JBL before. Yeah, like you know Morrow. Well, that was different. JBL was a bully. Morrow's never had this problem in doing any other promotions where he's done the commentary, yada yada. But Morrow's never done wrestling until now. Morrow did yeah. MMA. You have Corey Graves saying that you know he's trying for an angle for Survivor Series. Yeah, that's that's going to happen. Angles sometimes happen in commentary. I heard it was not only JBL, but it was a constant screaming and yelling and advice in the headsets, which you don't have in NXT. Triple H gives like, all right, just go out there and do what you got to do. Yeah, Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, they get in your ear. Yeah, that's what happens. Vince McMahon is apparently very aggressive with Michael Cole on the headset. I'm assuming Vic Joseph as well. I'm assuming so. You know, but like you know, if if you're in that thing, like, listen, you'd have to be an idiot to not really know what goes on professional wrestling, especially if you're going to get a career into it. It's different. It's different than MMA. It's it's storytelling, and even on commentary. Yeah, you think about Jerry Lawler and Paul Heyman even had battles. Yeah, and and to think you're going to walk in here like it's MMA and not have anyone try to not just say attack you, but you know try to start something. Mm-hmm. But on all in the good fun of professional wrestling, you're going to take yeah. that seriously? I think that's a problem. I think that maybe, maybe as good as he is, because I think he is good. I don't think he's as great as everyone says he is, but I think he is good. Maybe professional wrestling isn't for you. Maybe go back to MMA. Maybe do another sport. I don't know. I know well, he I'm does gonna... also do MMA and boxing. Yes. He's a multi-sport. Company. But like you know, maybe don't do professional wrestling if that's the case. If you can't handle that world. Because it is a different world. It's a different beast. The uh, documentary is also available on YouTube. Well, and then some happy news. Again, you know what I mean? And then some happy news. Tissy Kibler announced she's pregnant with her third child. She revealed on Instagram saying, and I quote, taking these pics was a glimpse into what the next few years will be like with a third child. Hectic, silly, and so much fun. I'm very excited for baby number three. I didn't know she had two babies. Dude, I was literally going to say the same thing. I had no idea. She looks phenomenal. Absolutely. For someone that already had two kids, about to have a third. Congratulations to her. Congratulations to her and her family. Fantastic. Can you imagine having one with your current lifestyle right now? Um, <laughs> that's a no. Speaking no, of- no. I mean, like, listen. It, it's going to be it, the conversation is going to be had with me and my wife. Do you know one yet? You, you guys figure that out? Maybe two years, three years, four years? Uh, we agreed that we're going to have the discussion in 2020, which is soon. Oh, that is very soon. TikTok. We're just going to have the discussion. Not necessarily like, all right. You got to get a new place. Lots of life changes are going to be happening. Something with 10 in my bed- life. 10 bedrooms, 11 baths, maybe. This year coming up. Speaking th- of third childs. Third childs? Third children? Speaking of third babies. Third born? Third born, thank you. Matt Hardy and his wife, Rebby Sky, welcome their third child into the world this week. The baby named Bartholomew, quote unquote, Barty. Kit Hardy was born on Wednesday, December 4th at 4.16 a.m. Congratulations to them. Barty joins Wolfgang, Xander, two, and Maxwell, four. The baby was born at home with professional midwives and doulas. Matt tells People.com. People.com covered this story, by the way. Saying, and I quote, I've grown more excited with each new addition to our family, and Barty was no exception. I was ecstatic to witness my son being born at home, and the love I already have for him is indescribable. I'm immensely proud of my wife for opting to have an at-home natural birth. She is a warrior. Again, congratulations to the Hardy family. Absolutely. He welcomes his third. Stacy's planning for her third. 
babies galore. I know. And you're next, apparently. No, I'm not next. Fantastic. Let's go. Let's go celebrate your new baby boy. No, whoa, 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 Michael Schwan. Well, Michael right. Schwan. That's an awful name. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Putty Schwan. Ooh, Putty Schwan. Like it. That's, Fantastic. No, 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 no. Green Man's back with an interview this week with Bear Bronson. Green Man, take it away. All right, everybody. If you're ready and willing, I'm able and welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, The Interviews. If you've not done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram and Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. You can also contact us via email at inbox at a shot of wrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on the Shot of Wrestling hotline. And we say it time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today is no different today we are joined by one half of bear country bear bronson welcome to a shot of wrestling thank you for having me man i'm real happy to be here brother it is a pleasure your career is inspiring you've done so much in such a small amount of time and thank you just for giving us the time to really just like go through it Sure, man. Thank you. Thank you for the, you know, thank you for those words. I appreciate that. Before you got into the business, though, what were, what was your life like? You know what? I got into it pretty young. Uh, I started wrestling school when I was, I believe, 18. Yeah, about 18 years old. So, uh, you know, I was basically coming right out of high school and I went to uh, Hofstra University and I tried to balance both with studying communications and Big party school, by the way, right? Oh yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. My my younger brother there. goes to Marist, and that that is way more of a party school by like leaps and bounds. <laughs> but uh, like, so I, I got to experience that, which is pretty cool. Just him being there and visiting him. But uh, yeah, pretty you know pretty fun. But uh, you know, I tried to balance both like learning you know in Creative Pro Wrestling Academy and going to school at the same time. And then I believe I was there for two years about. And once I felt I like I couldn't balance both. I looked and said, well, I'm not about to give up wrestling for the other, so I'm going to put college on hold for now. And I, I really never, truthfully, have never looked back. Well, maybe it, one day, maybe, you know, you never know what, what tomorrow brings. So, you know, maybe. But right now I've never, ever looked back. So I was going to say, you know, people who are starting their professional career also in going to college as, as pro wrestlers, usually have the degree to fall back on. Do you feel nervous in knowing that all your chips are in one basket? You know, no, I thought I would. Uh, you know, when you're just learning as a wrestler and you don't know what success you'll bring, you don't even know if you will succeed. So in the beginning, I was always in the back of my head, like, you know, what if this, does, what if this doesn't yeah. work? What if I, I don't know, break, break my legs tomorrow? Whatever. But I kind of just said, I took, a, I took a bet on myself. Uh, starting wrestling early, 18 years old, the rest of your future ahead of you. What are your parents thinking when you say, you know, like college is going to be my B plan. I'm going to set it aside. Wrestling is my A plan all the way. You know, man, uh, out of everybody I know, and I look at their experiences, I have a very particular situation. My parents were hundred percent supportive from the very start. That's awesome. And uh, I've, I'm very lucky and very thankful for that because I look and some other people aren't so lucky. Some people have some pretty sticky situations. Are your parents wrestling fans? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> my grandma actually was a huge uh, Hogan and Ultimate Warrior mark. 
you know, like it kind of started there. And then my dad was a fan and my older brother, he was a teen, you know, in the attitude era. Mm-hmm. So everybody, you know, like him, my older cousins, I was always around it. And I believe from a, like wrestling's been, been in my earliest memories. I can't really remember. I don't remember what like the first match I watched was. I really couldn't tell you. Okay. Uh, it's probably around, I mean, you know, I was born in 95. So, you know, I'm around it. 96, 97, 98. It's like ingrained in my, in my, uh, you know, formation of my mind, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, you so grew up with been, some of the greats. Yeah, I mean, my favorite of all time is probably Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, yeah, okay. that makes sense. When you when I'm, you are starting to build your your career as a professional wrestler, and you're trying to determine who you are, do you start taking influences from some of those greats, like some of the people that inspired you when you were so young? Absolutely, I, I take a lot of inspiration from from everywhere. Uh, the Bear thing specifically comes from uh, my mom, actually. Really, my mom's always. Uh, from the time I was little, has always called me Bear. Uh, never, rarely ever Joe, which is what you know everyone else called me mm-hmm. right? my you know whole childhood and everything. But that is where you know the Bear thing came from, because uh, you know I was always a stocky kid, always you know I was never you know I was pretty pretty unique like that. So coming up, she would you know that she that name stuck with me. And when you're trying to figure out who you are as a wrestler, mm-hmm. uh, it could be pretty hard to find your identity and sometimes you don't even know that it's staring you in the face they also say the best gimmicks are who you are turned up to 11 right and you know the bear thing it's just always been true to me it's just kind of like a spirit animal sort of thing and you know as far as outside influences i'd say i take the most outside influences from guys like uh kevin owens Mm -hmm. kevin steen in particular uh because you know i watch him all throughout high school and just being being older as a fan, you know, like my favorite of all time is Stone Cold Steve Austin, but that's more of like the fan in me. Right. I don't really, I don't take much out of like the gimmick aspect or in-ring aspect. That's really just me being a fan. The outside influences, I'd say the most, the most two are Kevin Owens and actually Dean Ambrose or John Moxley. Yeah. Now, so you, you've been in, in the business. I'm sure you've come across these individuals. Have you? You know what? I, I really haven't. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe Kevin Owens and my passing that's like an extra, mm-hmm. but no, not really at all. Do you know if you had a conversation yep. <laughs> with one of them, do you know what you would say? Uh, actually, when you, when you just said that now, it reminded me that I actually, I, I did a meet and greet when I was in high school. I did a, a meet and greet with Dean Ambrose. Oh, really? And I told cool. him, and I told him that I was going to go in a few months to wrestling school and I said that he was my main inspiration. Wow. And he thought it was, you know, he thought it was really cool. And, you know, that's, you know, he would never remember because that guy's probably done a hundred, hundred thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. of people saying the same, same thing over and over. But I thought it was important at the time to tell him that. But professionally, I've never, I've never crossed paths with him. If I were to right now, whether it be Kevin Owens, Stone, you know, whoever, I'd probably just let them know. I think it's cool to tell people that you're the reason, you know, you're doing what you're doing or, that's uh, huge. I mean, if, some, if the day ever came where somebody told me that, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably just <laughs> melt into a. I'd melt into a bottle, probably. Well, I think you're definitely going to be. You already are, in my opinion, influencing a lot of the independent fans. 
who look up to you or because you you are a bigger guy but you move very agilely in the ring you you show a lot of power also and it's very impressive so for someone like for example when i look at professional wrestlers just because of my body type you know i'm a bigger huskier guy i identify more with a kevin owens with you and like hey like these guys you know are following their dream and making it possible to say hey what if i wanted to do that you know you're trailblazing it for for guys at least in in that line thank you you know i appreciate that and it actually i think those guys owens and dean ever you know these guys they made me in my mind say like oh you know i I think i could do this then right you know so i i yeah i agree when we started our conversation you mentioned you know you started your career in pro wrestling by going to create a pro uh, and mostly anytime someone wants to start a professional wrestling career, I think a lot of advice that gets handed down is like, you know, find a good school. I think you found one of the best schools in our area in Long Island, New York, create a pro has been, if you look at the people who are making it big in the business and making a big impact, a lot of it comes from that school. What is it that makes uh create a pro wrestling, uh, different than any other school in our area? You know, man, I, I, it's becoming undeniable to people. We've always known as, you know, the first crop of students, me, MJF, Chris Statt, you know, these, Max Caster, these people, we always knew the quality that was given to us, and we knew that we were lucky for, like, being this first crop of, you know, talent to come out of the school. But now that people are seeing how undeniable the training is and how these people are coming out of it that are, you know, I mean, like if you, if you just look at the two names that I think of the most are MJF right now and uh, Chris Statlander. I mean, those, they're, those are two legitimate stars and they're going to be bigger than they are right now, which is very weird. It's weird to say, cause they're already blowing up like crazy, Yeah, but they are going to really have their own mark on professional wrestling and the history of professional wrestling. So I think, you know what? I don't know, man. Uh, it, it, if you go to the school, if you ever get a chance to visit the school, you'll see that it's very raw. All it is, it's just a ring in a garage. There's mm-hmm. a, it's a big storage unit with a little office. You know, it's decorated nicely because if you ever meet Kurt Hawkins, you'll know that he's just as much of a fan as anybody else. He doesn't hide that. Mm-hmm. He never has been one to hide that, and he, encur- he encourages that. But if you look, if you really look at the base of it, it's, it's very raw. All it is, it's just a ring in a garage storage unit. So... it's that and you just have two head trainers who have done everything you can do in professional wrestling whether you know between hawkins and pat buck uh and then the the minds there that are all like you know they're all like-minded so people like alex reynolds always there when i was there people like vsk people you know that you have all these you it is like creator pro is like a big fountain of knowledge that even you know, to be honest, it sounds pretty bad to say, but it, it's very true. It, we've we've taken some students that maybe aren't the best suited for professional wrestling, and we've turned them into wrestlers, to good wrestlers. And, you know, like there, there have been some that haven't lasted, but you know what? I consider it like a gift being there. If I know if I didn't go to creative pro wrestling, I, I wouldn't be who I am. What made you decide that that was the school you wanted to go to? You know what? Uh, when I was in high school, I actually went to NYWC first, uh, okay. which is in Deer Park, yeah. New York. And when I went there, uh, you know what? It was it was great. I was having fun. I met a lot of the people that I'm friends with today, like Alex Reynolds, like Milk Chocolate, like these people. But I couldn't do that in high school at the same time. So I said, you know what? I'm going to finish high school. And then I actually planned on going back there 
But when I finished high school, I graduated, I looked and said, let me just see. I, I forgot how I came across. Uh, I think it was on the Internet, just seeing how Creative Pro just opened up in March. Because I started in July, and it opened up in March. So I was like, you know what? Let me go check it out. Let me just, you know, just to weigh all my options. And when I went there and met everybody who was just starting, I think that day I met Kurt Hawkins. And I, I just felt like it was right. I was like, I just, I pretty, I think I signed up on the spot. Actually. Really? Yeah. I was like, no, I think this is, you know, NYWC is great. I'm friends with everyone there. It's, it's a great school. But uh, I just at the time felt like that was right for me. And everybody there who's still there, I'm all, we're, you know, best friends. So it was kind of meant to be. You mentioned that, you know, Bear came from your mother and, that you know, how you evolved to who you are today. But you didn't start as Bear. You started as Joe. What has been the evolution from yourself from the first time you were stepping into a ring to where you are now? What are some of the things that you really paid attention to to create the person we see today? You know, I found that one of the, I really did not know who I who I was at all. I, I knew I had many idols. I knew that I, I knew that I was right for it. I knew that I could do it. It was just a matter of how I wanted to do it and got in good ring shape, but not good physical shape. Like I just wasn't, I wasn't like anything. I was very just blah. Uh, so I really just didn't know what, I didn't know who I wanted to be. I didn't, you know, so I, I found that one of the, one of the methods uh, that, you know, many, many will say maybe it was a good idea and many people out there may not think it's a good idea, but I felt it was right for me. And that was to model myself after somebody. So if you look at the first few matches I've had, it's basically just, I like to call it like dollar store Kevin Steen. Okay. Uh, I wore, yeah, no, if you look at like pictures, you'll find like I have a, you know, short crew cut hair that I've always had my whole life. I had a cut off muscle t-shirt with a singlet under it. And I looked like a dollar store Kevin Owens <laughs> or, or real, real, real like early days Kevin Steen. Yeah. And you know what? Just not like, it was basically like a ripoff. But it helped me if, you know, sometimes imitation can be a good way to just learn and get comfortable because that's a lot of, you know, if you're a rookie in wrestling and you're listening to this, a lot of it is just getting comfortable and you're just trying to figure things out in the ring that you can't learn in training. A lot of the stuff you'll learn in front of a crowd and how you and how you interact with like the live environment. So that was a lot of it for me. And then I believe I later evolved to black trunks with a gray t-shirt, sort of like, sort of like a Dan Severn sort of look. Okay. Just to experiment. And I believe it was around that time I was getting into better shape. And Kurt Hawkins told me, he was like, Hey, you know, what do you think of growing out your hair? And I said, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good idea. I've never grown out my hair. Like I've always been a crew cut sort of kid my whole yeah. life. And he was like, oh, well, you know, if you can grow out your hair, it might be a good idea because long hair sometimes adds character to people and mm. it's good for selling. You know, if you get punched and your hair whips, yeah. you know, sometimes it's great. You never know. So he's like, you should just try it. And then I ended up doing that. And I've now I can't even imagine myself with short hair. So How did you get through great. the phase of like the ugly hair? I've always thought oh, of growing my hair, brutal. but then there's that like part where it's just like, oh, I just oh, want to shave my the head. Worst, it, it is the <laughs> worst thing in the world. Brutal. I, I, I think I, I probably just hid my hair most of the time with like hats and stuff, uh -huh. knees and whatnot, but brutal. Brutal middle middle stage, growing it out sort of thing. Just so bad. I'm a very but, impatient uh, man. I don't, I don't think I could ever grow out my hair. You know what? I said the same thing, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> here I am, you know? 
So there was that. And then once I was getting into better shape, uh, Hawkins suggested to me, he's like, you know, now that you're getting into better, you know, a little bit better shape and you're leaning out of it, he's like, you should look into, you know, probably like a singlet or something, you know, experiment with different things. So I think that, and then that's when I got my first uh, singlet with the, it was a black singlet with a bear on it. And then it kind of just evolved from there. You know what I find interesting about the conversation that you're explaining between you and Hawkins is, well, from at least your story, it doesn't feel like he's forcing something on you. It doesn't feel like he's kind of just giving you a suggestion, planting a seed in a way and letting you kind of figure it out on your own. Oh, yeah. No, that's 100 percent what it is. Uh, You know, he's been around the best minds of the business and he's been around from a very young age. He was signed when he was 20. I think so. You know, like since then. He's there's a lot of things that he knows and that he he has a lot of wisdom. So if he feels that he he should suggest something, you know, he's not going to force anything on anybody because we're all our own person. But Mm -hmm. he, you know, will tell you if he has an instinct about something, you know, so even if it's just little things like your hair or, you know, whatever, he he just he'll let you know. He'll just say, hey, you know. What do you it's think cool. Yeah, he, it it was, cool. He, he never imposes anything on anybody. Yeah, that's what it sounds you know? like. Yeah, no, it's very, very, very cool. Very easy. So where do you go from singles competitor to now being part of a tag team? And probably one of the most recognizable tag teams in our area. I would say probably one of the not just most recognizable, but really like people would want to go see you guys. Like a tag team that draws people to an event. So you know what? The origin story of Bear Country is very muddy, very uh, or, or patchy, I should say, because when we formed, it was it was really with WrestlePro Beefcake not having a real spot. He was in between things because he was with another. He was, Beefcake was always a comedy wrestler before he started with Bear Country, and that's why actually a lot of people had their doubts with with him being in the team. Mm-hmm. But regard, you know. But with that said, he was in between teams. His teammates, I know, were kind of falling out of wrestling and or, or whatnot, and he was kind of in between stuff. And he knew he knew that I, you know, I was picking up steam with wrestling, but nothing like monumental, not at like a, you know, like an MJF level or you know, just like because I don't think anybody's picked up steam faster than I was MJF, just going to you know? say that. That's so if a... I was going to use if I was going to use a stick, you know, a measuring stick of like, you know, nothing crazy. I was, you know, trying to just travel and do what I can to get noticed or whatever. And he called me one day and he was like, Hey, what do you think of like us both being bears and being a tag team? And I was like, he, he was like, you know, maybe wrestle pro would be interested. And I was, I mean, I was open to it. I was like, yeah, man, I'm sure. Why not? That's why not? the worst thing that could happen is we just, it sucks <laughs> when we don't do it, you know? So, you know, when we started, it was, it was actually Pat Buck who gave us, we, we didn't have a good name. We didn't really have any name for our team starting with wrestle pro it was very raw at the time. We had different gear. We didn't have matching gear at all. And uh, he actually, he came up with the name Bear Country, Pat Buck. So credit that to him. But uh, other than that, you know, when we were started with WrestlePro, uh, Beef was going through different things at the time. And we were, you know, it wasn't, we couldn't really solidify it very well. So uh, we started, did maybe a show or two. And we act, I went, I actually went back to doing singles. And he had some stuff in his personal life that he had to sort out. And he was kind of taking a second to, you know, he, he couldn't be fully committed at the time. So we were like, all right, you know, it's not like I stopped cold turkey with my singles career anyway. Okay. So, you know, that's when I ended up having the feud with Dan Moff and having like a whole, I, I, I had a pretty good year that year. Yeah. What a story you guys put out there. Yeah. So, you know, it was really not until the next following year, I want to say, yeah, probably the next following year 
yeah, probably the next following year, I want to say, is when we started, I forgot even how, but we ended up going to visit Chaotic Wrestling up in New England. And uh, we went together and they needed a team. So when we went, they were like, hey, are you guys free this date? And we were like, yeah, absolutely. And we started as a team. And we debuted a Chaotic against, with different gear. We, we didn't have matching gear. We looked completely different. It was very, uh, a <laughs> little amateur. But uh, we debuted there against Mainstay Posse. It was our first match with them mm-hmm. uh, out of many. Yeah, and then from there, they, they just, they liked what they saw. And they were like, hey, you, you know, if, they were like, you know, you guys got something here. So we're going to keep you, we're, we're going to keep this going for a bit. And then once we, things were progressing there, we're like, you know what, let's try to, we think we can sink our teeth into this. So we, that's when we ended up getting matching gear. Then 2019 came along, and that's really where things changed. So let's talk a little bit about uh, 2019 as we're wrapping up the year. What a year you guys have had. I mean... It's it's crazy. It's really crazy. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it due to the success of Uncharted Territory. Everybody's been hooked on it. A lot of great storytelling that's going on in, in, in that show. But even like just this past weekend, you know, tell us a little bit about that because it is it was exhausting a little bit to hear everything you just went through. But it's great that you're getting these kinds of opportunities. Yeah, I mean, so fast forward through 2019, uh, I actually just celebrated my day. I celebrated Thanksgiving with my family yesterday as opposed to Thursday, like the rest of the world, uh, because uh, Beyond, Beyond Wrestling, ran Uncharted Territory on Thanksgiving. We had a Thanksgiving special episode. So, you know, that was that was pretty crazy. Ended up having a crazy turnout, great crowd. And um, that really started off the crazy weekend that we had because straight from there, Right, right from there in Worcester, Massachusetts, we hopped in the car and went straight to Canada, Ottawa, Ontario for um, Wild. <laughs> uh, C4, yeah, C4 wrestling, and that's where we wrestled. Uh, we wrestled the Dark Order, and we had probably one of the best matches we've had yet. It was a, a banger. Like we had a lot of fun. Wow, a lot of fun. And then, uh, and from there, as soon as we were done, we ate with some of the Buffalo Boys, who are good brothers. Love them to death. And uh, we went straight to uh, South Jersey for CZW. And you just tore apart Gabriel Sky. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, you know what? Like, you know, out of storyline, you know, Kayfabe's dead anyway. So, but, <laughs> you know, we were really looking forward to that match with Kay, uh, Gabe Sky and Tristan, Tristan Ty. But with Tristan's injury, you know, it's really untimely. Came at a really, you know, it was really unfortunate. So I'm uh, sure this, you know, I'm the, just, this is, won't be the only opportunity you guys have to get into the ring together. Uh, I definitely would see that again in the future. Yeah, no, I believe when he comes, you know, he'll be back strong and he'll be back good and we can have that match that, you know, really all four of us were really looking forward to. So, and it'll be great because I think all four of us are really climbing, climbing good ranks in wrestling right now. So one of the things I enjoy the most, uh, maybe just because it's the kind of guy I am, I love road trips. Do you enjoy driving? Do you sh- like sharing the responsibility? What do you guys listen to when you're in the car? Do you have any like road trip snacks that you carry on with you? You know what? Road trips are funny, you know, because me and Beef can always, we always make a good, we can make good out of anything that's bad. You know, so people, there are a lot of people in wrestling that hate the road. Uh, and it could be really unforgiving at times, but uh, I believe that we make the best out of it. We make it very fun. Whoever's in the car with us is usually having a great time. You know, we, we don't really listen to things too much. I, when you know, if I'm tired and I'm sleeping and it's like four in the morning or whatever, beef to stay awake. He'll turn on like Jim Cornette's podcast or whatever. <laughs> or 
I don't know if he's he'll still keep you away. Usually, I'm usually I'm still asleep, but he will listen to that or Vince Russo or Pritchard or anything really. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's really just usually us just you know talking and shooting the uh, you know shooting from the <laughs> shooting from the. <laughs> no, I just I just no, I just didn't want to curse on you. It's quite alright. Ah, sure, cool. Uh, but that that's how that's how you get to know each other, you know. Do you guys go through your matches? Like, do you um, do you already have things planned uh, on? Because you guys are are big and about like putting these big muscle spots out there. Like the things I've seen. You recently posted a a like the best of 2019 with you guys, and a lot of it was so, just so many memorable moments that you guys put together in a ring. Do you guys talk about like how can we top that next? Um, you know what. It's really just what we're feeling. We don't talk too much in the car about, you know, if we do have an idea that we thought of like early in the day or whatever, like I'll, I'll men- we'll mention it, but we don't talk too much about what we're going to do. Cause once, you know, and that's actually a common thing. Cause you know, it's kind of hard to think about stuff until you're actually there and you're, you know, before the doors open, you're walking around a ring and you can think about what, you know, you can think about things better. And it's just kind of better sometimes to not stress yourself out before you're in the work environment. So a lot of it, to be honest, uh, a lot of it's kind of just feeling what we're feeling. Um, as far as like, thank you for watching that video. I worked really hard on it. <laughs> <laughs> so Thank you uh, for great. watching that. Uh, yeah, I was trying to push that as much as I could because I, I loved, I always loved watching stuff like that in high school, compilation videos, MVs, all that stuff. So. I wanted to really just throw up into the other, but a lot of that was all experimentation throughout the last year or two, you know, with whether it was beyond or chaotic or things like that. And that was a lot of beefcake finding, you know, a lot of, if you watch that video, I mean, at least half of it is showcases his strength. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what though? I don't, a lot of it's stuff that I don't think he really knew he had in him. Uh, If we're being honest here and Mm -hmm. I say this with full confidence, I think he's, he, he is absolutely the strongest person. And I know, and, I think it's just because people don't people don't realize it yet, and I think they soon will. I believe he's up there with the Jeff Cobbs and the wow. Brian Cages, and the, you know, I believe he is unreal strength. Put them together he, against I, Braun Strowman. I I <laughs> would absolutely. I don't care. I, I'll say it. Like I I believe he is up there with the strongest people in wrestling. He has unbelievable strength, and you'll see. Like even if it, it even if a spot doesn't look pretty, I've seen it, like people mess up or whatever. Uh-huh. And I'll see him muscle through the worst of situations. Wow. He's, it's unbelievable. He's really just, he's got crazy raw strength. Uh, and, you know, everything else was just, you know, finding our chemistry came pretty quick. But experimenting with that chemistry really was just trial and error. We just see things. If there's something that doesn't work, we can it. If something's good, it sticks, you know, just kind of not being afraid to jump in those waters, you know. Looking into the future now, uh, what do you see as we wrap up 2019? What do you see coming up in 2020 that you're excited about? You know what? I, th- I would think guaranteed. Uh, you know, nothing's guaranteed in wrestling. But if I did have to guarantee something, it would be expansion. And when I say expansion, I mean like world expansion. So, you know, a lot of people ask us like, oh, you ever hear about has any companies ever reached out to you guys and anything like that? And the answer is no. Uh, but we're not in a rush, man. Like we don't, you know, beef's, beef's almost 30. He's turning 30 in May, but you know, that's fine. I'm, I just turned 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, both of us right now, we're not, 
we're just trying to, we're just riding right now this momentum and we're just trying to, we're just having fun with it. Everything that comes our way, we're looking at as a learning experience and a way for us to grow. Uh, we don't want to jump into anything too fast. We have a lot of personal goals. We would love to go to Japan. We would love to go to Europe. We'd love to go to Germany. You know, like a lot of things that people that people in wrestling dream of doing. You know what I mean? So I know a lot of people get, we're watching people in the independents get picked up left and right. Yeah. But uh, to be honest, I, I don't, I'm not sweating over it. I, I want to see my friends succeed. That's great. I think Kristen Statlander, she deserved a contract yesterday. Mm-hmm. She deserved a contract a few months ago. <laughs> God damn. That's that is undeniable. No one can deny that. And if you do, you better have some serious reasoning. But everybody in wrestling, it's a fact. Everyone has their own journeys. And I just want to be able to leave a legacy behind. You know, if I never went to WWE, if I never went to AEW, if anything, I may never. And that's fine. I want to leave something behind that maybe somebody that's in high school or younger, somebody could maybe look up on the internet and go like, oh, you know, those, wow, those guys did some really cool things, you know, I don't know, because that's what I did, and I think that'd be really, really cool, but we have a lot of personal little goals, another one of them is WrestleMania weekend, man, like, I, I've never done anything WrestleMania weekend, I did, last year I did maybe, I think we did one or two things in the same building in Mm -hmm. one day, like nothing i would i to me i looked at that it made me hungry i was like you know what like especially blowing up this year with you know beyond and everything i'm i looked and i'm like you know i want to do a complete 180 like i want i want to be booked every day every time slot i can what are the companies you want to work at where are some of the companies like right now realistically that you're like that's where somewhere i want to go that's somewhere i want to go like let's make that happen like on the independent level yeah on the independent level you know what? That list is getting smaller and smaller, and I, I, I'm very proud of that. Uh, I would say like a month or two ago, the companies like C4 and AIW, mm-hmm. you know, companies like that were on my list, and now they're off the list because we're there. Uh, we're going when we're and we're going back there when we brought back. Like those are two places that we, the fans were, we were received well, and that I'm very proud of that. Like it's very humbling to me, and I, I, I'm hungry for that. I would say right now, I definitely say GCW. Because when I look at places that a lot of people look at places differently than I do, everyone's like, oh, what has the most buzz, what, whatever. Mm-hmm. That looks, that GCW looks like the most fun to me. <laughs> like, I feel, I, I, that's very not popular. A lot of places, people are just looking at what benefits them and what can I get out of that and right. what, how can that benefit me. I'm looking like I would go there and have a freaking blast. Who, who would you want to face at GCW? Oh, man. Uh, Probably Bear Country versus, you know, it's hard because they don't have any tag teams there. I, I would say, like, I don't think they have any. Ta- I, I know they're tag team. They're tag. Te- they do have tag team champions, but they're from like I think they're from like Mexico or something. Yeah, I think you would have they're to. Like, I would have to probably mix up a few single competitors. Yeah, maybe like I don't know. I love being in the ring with Nick Gage, so, yeah. so maybe Nick Gage and I don't know anybody. Everyone there is a crazy bastard. So. <laughs> Nick Gage and Schlack versus Sure, Bear man. Country. I love Schlack. <laughs> that like that, that, that would that be the match. Me, like, we would, and I would do it, and I I don't care. I I have no issues with saying that. I, I would love to do death matches. So I think that would be just a lot. It just looks like fun to me. Really? Have yeah, you done sure. one at all? Uh, I've I've done hardcore stuff here and there. Like I've done barbed wire. I've done tax. I've done something. Like I've never done like glass, but I would. I, the old deathmatch mark in me wants to do it i can't really explain why but <laughs> you know i'm not like a regular 
not like a regular thing because me and Beef, I don't think tag team deathmatch wrestlers are really a thing. But It could be a thing. It could be a thing. I, hey, man, be. we want to be anything we can be. Yeah. I love uh, it. I look at I look at everything as a privilege. So you know, if there was a spot, there was an opportunity there, I would absolutely dig it. But they're doing great things right now, and they don't need absolutely. us. So they're doing great. They're doing great things right now, and I I love watching people succeed. So bro, it's I have a been, lot of friends there that are doing great, and I love seeing that. So it's been such a privilege to talk to you tonight. I love your positive energy. I love. Oh, thank you, man. Congratulations on all the success recently in 2019. I think with um, the type of mentality and the the way you see your career going, I, I only see better things in 2020 for you guys. Uh, if we wanted to follow this journey into 2020 and beyond, uh, where could we do that? Let us know where we could follow you on social media. So, well, thank you very much. By the way, I, I can't tell you how appreciative I am. I, I love. I could talk about. I could talk all day about wrestling uh, and, you know, all things like that. So I'd love to be on again in the I future. I think this it's possible. not going to be the last time you and I are going to talk about wrestling. I'll tell you that right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> it, and, it, and it shouldn't be. It, it was definitely so shouldn't enjoyable. Be I, could, I could go on forever. But a uh, funny story about the social media. Uh, so my Twitter at name is Bear Bronson BC, capital BC. My Instagram, you can find me at official underscore Bronson, which in my opinion is better anyway because I post way more content there. And Instagram and Twitter are really the only places. My 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 Facebook started as a Bear Bronson Facebook and it turned into my personal. So yeah, that's not important. And you no, won't find anything there anyway. I'm barely on it. Nothing on MySpace, Tinder. Yeah, yeah, you can <laughs> find me on Tinder. I mean, if you, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, that is, it is shameful, and I hate it, and I wish I never downloaded it. It sucks. But uh, yeah, uh, you, MySpace. <laughs> yeah. All, all of those, you know, uh, it's, it's a new, yeah. <laughs> Are wrestlers on Yelp? I don't know, one. but I'm on it all the time. So yeah, we we should start that. You guys should get reviewed. I don't, yeah, and, man, I don't care. I'm gonna know? start reviewing as Bear Bronson. I'm yeah. just gonna start reviewing places that I like and that I don't like. What's the best place you've eaten before? Let's well, I'm a huge cheeseburger guy. Okay. So, uh, oh man. You know what? I got a cheeseburger spot. I got a burger spot for you. We'll, we'll, we'll save this for our next conversation to tell you off there. But thank you so much for joining us here on A Shot of Wrestling. But stick around, brother, because we still got last call. Thank you, dude. Thank you for having me. And you know what? Bring it on. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to my interview with A Shot of Wrestling. Stay tuned for the end of the episode for Last Call. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. All right, Mark, time for this week's TV Takedown. Do you have anything you want to talk about? I have several. You have several? I I really don't have several. Do you want to go first then? Well, you asked me, and I I do want to go first now. Okay, because you have one, like four, but it's fine. Well, SmackDown I want to talk about. Okay. Um, It's because... Something was bothering me. Something felt off about SmackDown, and I'm, yes, I'm, no- okay. I'm noticing what it is. These camera angles, these different camera angles that they want to do, that, that they've been doing, like unlike anything we've seen in professional wrestling. I've talked about it for a while. There could be new camera angles, new cameras, innovating. I think it's, it's exploiting the business. How so? Like, I was watching Mandy versus Alexa Bliss. Who was it? Oh, my God. Easy putty, easy match of the year. <laughs> but you know, there were definitely clear misses. 
yeah. uh, in some of the strikes there okay. because of the camera angle. I, what, I don't think camera I think, angle though because it, it, it was like so close and, oh, okay. and like and angled in a way that you can see like the miss, but yet yeah, they sell. And it's mm, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm using that match as an example. I saw some other matches as well. I saw the, the Fatal Four Way Tag Team match. Saw a couple times last week. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's a thing. It's only it's only on SmackDown. I'm really seeing so it. Just the camera angles. I think it's the camera angles. Okay. I, I think that's what it is because you don't see these camera angles anywhere else in wrestling history. And there's obviously well, a reason. Camera angles. I don't really see any different camera angles. It, it, dude, just watch. It's like it's closer, and the the way it, it's it, it's angled in a different way. If you really, really pay attention to it, you'll see. Like, you don't see an NWA. You don't see it on AEW. You don't see it NXT. You don't see it on Raw. I, I, I've personally never seen these angles before anywhere else. And I think there's a reason why they stick to this formula. Even WCW, they never did anything like this. And I feel like it's exploiting a business a bit. I think they just need to go back to what's traditional. I know you want to stand out, but there are other ways to stand out. Okay. I'll keep an eye out. So 12 hours of TV of wrestling, that's your one takedown. Yeah, because I just glass-shattering moment. Yeah. All right, let, let me burn through mine then. Do you know that formula in professional wrestling when you want to build somebody up as a monster, as an unstoppable force? Yeah. Squash matches, feed them jobbers. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Works every time. Yes. Why are the Raw Tag Team Champions being fed jobbers week in and week out? They're the Tag Team Champions. Give them real competition. Why am, I, why am I watching the Viking Raiders defeating jobbers? They're the fucking champions. They don't need to be built anymore. They're, they're the champions. Yeah. Um, and I think they were made champions too soon. Oh, agreed. I think that's the problem. I like the, the Viking Raiders. A lot of people do. I think they're a good tag team. But why are they facing jobbers? You're the tag team champ. If you want to build yourselves up towards the champions, keep doing this. That's what you, they were doing. Keep doing it, and then they can eventually face some competition. Mm-hmm. And slowly build towards that, and then when they win the championship, it's fucking a bigger deal. I'm, right? happy, I'm, I'm happy to see the Raw Tag Team Champions week in and week out. Yeah. They should be facing fucking jobbers. No, not anymore. No. Not anymore. Unless. That was really loud. Unless one of these jobber tag teams pulls one, an upset. One, two, three, kid type styles. Exactly. I hope so. But I don't think these, title, I don't think these matches are for the title. So maybe just like get an upset and then. Yeah. As a girl, like, pull somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Impact started their uh, airing their TV tapings from New York City in the Melrose Ballroom from earlier in November. They announced all proceeds from ticket sales from their New York City tapings will go towards ODB helping her restore her food truck. Interesting. Wasn't even aware about her food truck. Food truck goes around the country. Barbecue. She goes all over the country. This big, beautiful food truck. Apparently got on fire one time. Her insurance had barely covered Oh, it. no way. And she's been like huge loss. But now Impact, they said wrestling's a community. You got to help each other out. All proceeds of ticket sales go to help her out. So that's a big sign from Impact. So props to them. That's that's amazing that they did that. Yeah. Good job. Great PR, too. Great PR. Yeah. Going to AEW, I went to the channels, and I stopped on AEW just as Cody Rhodes came out for his promo. Okay. Do you remember what he said? Um, Not he, fully, no. But I remember him giving a $100 bill to a yeah. kid. He started out by saying, we call them fools. Those who have no scars to show, the ones that never do let go, for which the table's being turned. It's a Garth Brooks song. Props to Cody Rhodes for quoting Garth Brooks, the goat of all time. <laughs> Standing outside the fire, Garth Brooks song, nothing? You, you blank face, nothing? I'm not a Garth Brooks guy, my man. Uh, 
We'll go on Sarah changing that. No. SmackDown, how do we feel about them talking about Dana Brooke Tisa on air? I'm fine with it. Are you? I think it's kind of like... I, I think they have to. I mean, is this a work? Is this a storyline now? Like, because Dave Batista's not coming back on SmackDown. Like, this got to drop it. No, I mean, like Dave Batista is not necessarily like. It, it's not like he went on to another company or whatever. Dave Batista retired from wrestling, and he's a mega yeah, not even movie a thi- star. They're now. Not even a thing yet. They're going on a date. <sighs> That's it. Okay. I mean, dude, it was all over social media. I mean, everyone knows about it. Why not bring it up? Sure. I have no problem with okay. it. No issue. Question asked, question answered. I mean, do, do you have an issue with uh, AEW dropping Adam Cole's name with Britt Baker? No, I didn't pay attention. I don't care. So then why do we care about Dana Brooke and Batista? All right, question asked and answered. Leave yeah. it alone. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I was asking you a quick question, and you answered it. Let's move on. What I did love, actually, about AEW, Chris Jericho's, uh, his uh, his new list, uh, what's it called? The Lexicon Le Champion. Which doesn't make any sense, but yeah, it makes it's sense. fucking Jericho, man. He made it cool. It was it was basically for those that don't know, it was a combination of the lists, the famous list in WWE, with his uh, his promo from WCW going on with uh, the list of moves basically they had going over to basically the opponents that he's not going to face in 2019 anymore, dropping shots at Moxley the whole time. And random names. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, can you, play the, can you play the clip? No? You're not going to do it? For you, I will. Thank you. Because I am Le Champion, I have the option to choose whoever I want to face. So what I did was I put together a little list. Seriously? Get out of 2016. This is not the list any longer. It is the lexicon of Le Champion. I don't think that word means what he thinks it means. You tell him. It will be right here. And on this lexicon is everybody that I refuse to wrestle Ever again in 2019. Let's start it from the top. John Moxley. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, because he can't. <laughs> Young Bucks, Papa Buck, Uncle Buck, Buck Owens, Moxley. Hangman Page, Diamond Dallas Page, Page, Moxley. Scorpio Sky, Too Cold Scorpio, any member of the Scorpions. Moxley. Michael Nakazawa, Kenny Omega, Kenny Ortega, Kenny Shields, Kenny Chesney, Kenny from South Park, Moxley. The chubby guy over here with the popcorn in the fifth row. The ugly guy with the dumb glasses over here in the third row. Moxley. Darby Allen, Rick Allen, Allen Jones, Moxley, Evil Uno, Angry Dose, Hateful Trays, Moxley. I mean, that's, he showed it to me before the show started. Then that's awesome, right? Now, I've always been a, I've always been a fan of Chris Jericho, right? I haven't been watching his stuff in AEW. A friend of mine, Irwin, the voice Escobar, is into AEW, mm-hmm. so he he'll show me Chris Jericho's stuff. Like, oh, Chris Jericho's the best. I love it. Watch this. Watch this. I'm like, all right, watch it. He's better than ever. 
Chris Jericho is better than ever right now. Yeah. I think signing Chris Jericho is one of the best moves they've ever done. You know what it is? He's having fun. And you can tell. Yeah. You can absolutely tell he's having a ball over there. Props to him. And uh, if I knew when he was coming out, I would definitely tune into AW4, Chris Jericho specifically. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think he's doing a great job building and, the talent around him. Yeah. And everyone wants to say Cody Rhodes is the face of AEW because of what he's doing and building towards. Chris Jericho, though, he's the one. He's a name. He's a face of AEW. You right can't now. discount what Cody Rhodes is doing. You can't. I, no, you're, I'm not trying yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. But what Chris Jericho is doing, from what I've seen clips you and friends have shown me, he's just reinventing himself. That he always yeah. says. I mean, like people talk about the Undertaker, right? How he reinvented himself, always evolved. That's what I want to talk to you about. Yeah, reinventing. He's master at it. Yeah. Absolutely, Jericho is like right up there with the Undertaker. As far as reinventing himself, not getting stale, just always just evolving and just staying relevant. And he's he's on top of his game, man. He's like, what? In his 40s? And he's still rocking? Yeah, it has to be late 40s, yeah. He's still rocking, man. Do you see him being with AW long-term? Or is this like a short-term deal to get AW on the map? Do what he does best. As a wrestler or just in general? In general, uh, as a wrestler. Because once he loses the strap somebody else i don't see him coming back into the fold so to speak i think jericho will stick around maybe more so as a part-timer yeah, in the okay. ring yeah uh i think you know obviously Fozzie's a very big deal in his life mm-hmm. he loves performing rock and roll is his number one hence the, the breaks he took from WWE. Yeah. yeah um but i i think like you know his heart is in aw i think he'll do still him, do you see him coming back to WWE? no okay no, I do not. Until he gets inducted to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I, I think that could happen, too. But, you know, I, I think AEW is so important to him that he's having, like I said, he's having a great time. He's obviously building a bond Why? with younger guys. Why is it? It's creative freedom. He's, he has a creative freedom that he didn't necessarily have in WWE. I mean, he's even... I think he had creative freedom. It's he Chris did, but not to though. the point that he's got right now. I mean, you know, not for nothing. I mean, he had USA and sponsors breathing down their necks and to keep it PG... They don't necessarily have that in AEW. It's it's TV fourteen, so there's a little bit more freedom of what he can what he can do, what he can uh-huh, say, uh-huh. Um, and I think he likes that mentorship role of these guys, a lot of these younger guys, and, and uh, building these people up. So he's an AEW guy for life now. I I think he might be okay. You know, I think he's going to do whatever he can. I mean, I think he. I'm pretty sure he is a VP. Everyone is probably right, and uh, I think he's going to take that role seriously. But like I said, one of the biggest pickup of AEW is Chris Jericho, and it's working now tenfold. Props to them. Props. To yeah, Chris I mean, people talk about Moxley being a great signing. I mean, Moxley, I timing, timing was right. He brought shock value to it. Shock, but, yeah, but Jericho easily is like the best signing they could have had. He's a a draw. Not only, a, not only ticket-wise, but flipping through the channels. If I was a casual wrestling fan, if I see Chris Jericho on TV, I'm going to stop and watch Chris Jericho. Right. I, I think Dr- Chris Jericho, he's more than just a talent. He's just so fucking smart as well. And if you want to... Not only is smart, he's quick. So the crowd react a certain way, he can shut him up or engage oh, him. Oh, 100%. Too. Like, with the, when people were chanting about the list when he brought the thing out. Yeah. He's like, it's not the list. It's, it's so 2000. Yeah. We say it's so 2016, whatever. Because, no, then, this, is, this is something else. You know, Jericho, the importance with Jericho signing as well is just Hulk Hogan himself called Chris Jericho a wrestling general. Okay. I can see that. Like he, Hulk Hogan let 
Chris Jericho call the spots in their match. Something that Hulk Hogan didn't necessarily always do. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that Hogan put him over in that level speaks volumes. And you have someone with that experience that has wrestled all these greats and, and can help build young talent and is not an egomaniac because Chris Jericho's been in the same spot as these guys. Yeah. I think that's a perfect fucking signing. And, and he could still draw and could still go. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So, yeah, signing of the year. Chris Jericho, AEW. Hey, hey, no, no awards being given out yet. I mean, that's not a real award, but I'm just saying. Mark, this is the time we go into our three count. But I feel like you're being cocky. You're being full of yourself. Time to challenge you. I'm just being me. Into a game. Okay. Test your wrestling IQ. Let's go. It's games with Michael J. Putty. All right, Mark, you ready for this game? Yeah, bring it on, man. I'll ready, ace ready, this one. Ready to test your skills? What do you got? What are my favorite games, before or after? Before or after? Correct. I'm going to give you two events. You got to tell me if the event happened before or after the second event. Easy peasy. 50-50 shot here, bro. Can you give me an example? Okay, yeah. Donald Trump got elected president before or after Barack Obama did. After. All right, great. Easy peasy, okay. right? Okay. All right. No, I just wanted to see you. But okay. Basic, simple, easy. I thought some of these questions are hard, but now that I know the answer is they're very easy. I think you know the I think I think you got this. All right. Cool. Vote of confidence from Putty. Question number one. Chris Jericho becomes the first ever AEW champion before or after Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross become the women tag team champions. Hmm. After. Chris Jericho became champion August thirty first, twenty nineteen. Bliss and Cross became champions August 5th. That is after. Congratulations. Woo! One for one. Okay. I feel like that one was a tough one. Stone Cold Steve Austin debuts as the ringmaster before or after WrestleMania 12's Iron Man match. Hmm. Hmm. That was 96, right? WrestleMania 12. I feel like he did debut 96 after. WrestleMania 12, March 31st, 1996, Stone Cold debuted as the ringmaster January 8th, 1996. It was before. Oh, fuck me. One for one. Oh, shit. I don't know why I thought it was like May that he debuted that year. Number three, oh. the Montreal Screwjob happened before or after the untimely death of Brian Pillman. It was before. Brian Pillman died October 5th, 1997. The Screwjob happened November 9th. 1997. It was after. Oh, shit. One and two. I don't know why I thought I remember Pillman being there. Question number four. Brock Lesnar's UFC debut happened before or after Randy Orton became the youngest world heavyweight champion. After. Randy Orton won the championship August 5th, 2004. Brock Lesnar debuted October 8th, 2005. After. Congratulations. Two for two. Whew. Okay. Here we go. Tied game. Here we go. Big Show won his first WWE Championship before or after Triple H married Stephanie McMahon in Las Vegas drive-up chapel. After. Triple H married Stephanie November 9th, 1999. Big Show won his championship November 14th, 1999. It was before. Fuck. Really? Two and three. Oh. That was a close one. Like, only days apart. So, that was a tough one. Okay. Two and three. 
Daniel Bryan retired due to medical reasons before or after the Divas Championship was retired? After. Wait. Wait. Hold on. It was after. It was after. Final answer. Yes. The Divas Championship was retired at WrestleMania April 3rd, 2016. Daniel Bryan retired February 8th, 2016. It was before. Three and three. Shane McMahon buys WCW before or after the very first TLC match. I feel like Carson would be great at this game. Fuck Carson. Um, It was before. Very first TLC match happened August 27th, 2000. SummerSlam. Shane bought WCW March 26th, 2001. It was after. God damn it. I suck at this. Two and three. Ready for this? I'm so bad with dates, man. This sucks. Okay. WCW spoils Mick Foley winning the championship on Nitro before or after The Undertaker crucified Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was it was after. The Undertaker crucified Stone Cold Steve Austin December 7th, 1998. Mick Foley won the championship January 4th, 1999. It was after. I said after, right? You're 4-4. Four four. Okay. okay. Final question. The streak came to an end before or after Brock Lesnar returned to the UFC 200 and beat Mark Hunt. Before. Brock Lesnar returned to the UFC July 9th, 2016. The streak came to an end April 6th, 2014. It was before. Congratulations. I won. You won. I won. Awesome. (laughs) Woo. Damn, that was tough. That was way too close. How the fuck did I win? All right, Mark, while you're celebrating your victory, upcoming is BCW's Christmas with a Vengeance, Friday, December 13th, back in the fucking Bronx. Hey. St. Helena's Gym. Is what it is, my man. Listen to Satsujin Squad. No matter where you put us, we're going to put on a show. BX Strong, because I'm making it as a BCW debut, go against Joey Ace and a mystery partner. Any insiders on who the mystery partner is? I believe it was announced, wasn't it? I don't. I think, I, I'm pretty sure... AJ Pan announced who it was. Oh, who was it? Isn't it? I thought it was Mike Law. Oh, uh, I see that. Awesome. Hold on, wait. Hold on. Let me let me actually double check that. It might be a bit because AJ Pan posts a lot because he loves his social media. Pot kettle black. What are you talking about? Seriously, he posts a lot. This motherfucker with random celebrities. I know, like before they were famous, some shit. While you look that up, the finals. Of the monster ball match, we will crown a new king of the monsters. Nate Pombaum versus TJ Marconi versus Vince Steele versus Joe Gacy. Uh, you know, it's going to pain me to say it, but I-, I actually wouldn't be surprised if TJ Marconi takes that match. Rick Recon will go against Saeed Al-Sabat, two of the youngest, brightest stars in our industry right now, going one-on-one BCW. And you know damn well that's going to steal the show right there. Rick Recon, awesome. no matter where he goes, no matter who you face against him, that man puts on a hell of a fucking show, and he always comes out on top. And in the finals, the crown the first ever BCW Tag Team Champions. The Ugly Ducklings go against the East Coast Syndicate or the East Coast Assassins, Dominic De Niro and Chris Barton. Listen, Chris Barton, Dominic De Niro, I've talked to them. These guys are more focused than I've ever seen them before in my life. They want this so bad that they can taste it. The Ugly Ducklings, hell, they're a good team. I'll give them that. But there is no way, no how, that they can have a chance against Barton De Niro. They are red hot. 
I mean, you're partial here, but the Ugly Ducklings are focused on winning the BCW championship. Are they? Are they? They're too busy quacking around the ring looking like no, idiots. I believe they're focused. Uh, you believe they're focused. I know Barton De Niro are focused. You That's guys, the difference. You guys are focused on reclaiming the BWF Tag Team Champions. Are you guys overlooking no way. the Ugly Ducklings right now? No way. You guys have two championship matches within seven days. Listen, there is a fire in the eyes of Barton De Niro. Again, I have to say it. Like, I've never seen. East Coast Four Belts? East Coast Four Belts sounds, is that a thing? sounds like a thing to me. You can call them the East Coast Champions from this point forward. Azrael will go against Eric Jaden for the number one contendership for the BCW World Heavyweight Championship. That's right. That's right. You listen, I know a lot of people like to discredit all the accomplishments of Eric Jaden for whatever reason, but let's let's look at it like this. You know, good job AJ Pan for putting this match together. If Eric Jaden defeats the former BCW World Heavyweight Champion yeah. for this shot, what are people going to say then? Are they going to discredit Eric Jaden again like they always do? You know what? Fine. I hope they do. Who's discrediting Eric Jaden? Who's discrediting AJ Pan, Pete Rosado, Darius Carter? The list goes on well, for people Carter, within BCW. Darius Carter can because he beat him. Barely. But AJ Pan Bare- and Pete Rosado. Buddy, come on. You were there. Yeah, it was a great match. It was a great match. Fantastic. Jaden almost won. Almost. But he almost, almost won. Hey, listen, TJ Marconi gave him a little bit of help. Did he not? I guess so. You guess so? No, you were there. Let's 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 call a spade a spade. Speaking of Darius Carter in your main event, Billy Brash cashes in his King of the Monsters trophy by going against Darius Carter with Riley Shepard as special guest referee. And, you know, Riley Shepard, Darius Carter, they do not get along. Let's, <laughs> that's just how, putting it lightly there. How do you put it? Oil and water? Right, right. right. And, and who knows? I mean, Riley Shepard, I believe, can be a fair referee. But Darius Carter, he okay. gets under his skin. Yeah. So I, it's going to be it's going to be curious to see how this match goes down. And Billy Brash, I mean, how can we discredit him? Take away Riley Shepard as referee. Billy Brash, he's a more than a formidable opponent for Darius Carter. That should be a great match. A great way to end the year, 2019, for BCW. Yeah, can't wait. If we survive BWF's jingle all the way. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, for those of you who didn't make it out to BWF, please check out the YouTube channel for Bronx Wrestling Federation. You can see matches there online. You can see the whole show. You can listen to our commentary. Our commentary. Our brilliant job that we do. A little shameless plug. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll post it. So, yeah, that's us. Mark, any final goal thoughts for you? I mean, hell, I already. This is what you hit with the deep questions. It leads to an hour long conversation. I have to edit it down. <laughs> no, I actually got nothing. I mean, I, I wanted to close off by saying about my one year anniversary. You know, we touched on it at the beginning of the show. Listen, dude. I started off as just a guest, mm-hmm. came on here uh, weekly from that point forward because I just had that much fun with you. Yeah. Uh, I know we uh, we have difference of opinions sometimes, but I got to say, Putty, I do enjoy working with you every Friday here at Shot of Wrestling, uh, growing here with you, with Abel, with with Jimmy, now Carson. I, I love it, Thanks for wanting to be here. No, dude, I, I, have, I really do have a good time. You know, I, I enjoy... Our back and forth. I, I, I enjoy everything about this podcast. Just imagine when the XFL starts. It could be so much awesome. Oh, God. You know, I can't wait for debates then, too. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's just cool to see from the year that I, that I came on board to see how much 
more that we've grown together. Mm-hmm. Our friendship, even uh, just the, the shop wrestling brand in general, going to commentary, uh, doing the viewing parties now. Like, that's going to be a thing. Uh, I spoke to Jimmy the other day. Uh, lots to come for 2020 with the viewing parties here with a shot of wrestling. Royal and, Rumble. Royal 2020. Rumble. Exactly. Buffalo Wild Wings. With Buffalo Wild Wings. I, I think that's that's awesome. And, you know, just growing bigger and better. You know, with uh, the um, the the uh, the episodes that we're doing with the the ride alongs, pretty much for the show days. The show days. Okay. Excuse me, I'm, I'm blanking out. I had too much to drink. <laughs> the show days. More to come. The interviews. Just so much more, and I, I I'm stoked to see where we go next in where's, 2020. Where's Mark Schwing's show day? You're such an asshole. I'm having like a nice moment here with you. You just gotta ruin it like that. But hey. Stay tuned for brunch time from BWF. Yeah, what is that about? <laughs> what is this brunch time I'm seeing on my social media feeds? Hey, are, you, are you leaving the show to do your own shtick? Are, yeah, you, Michael, hey, are you Michael straight-handing me? I'm doing, my, I'm doing like my own segment with uh, my Setsujin member, Dominic De Niro. Mm-hmm. Brunch time with Mark Schwann. <laughs> that's 7 o'clock at night? I mean, that's not even brunch. It was released 7 o'clock at night. We, we did it, you know, typical brunch hours. I went to brunch one time. It happened like at twelve thirty. Didn't end till like seven. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> That's a fucking brunch. Because yeah, the brunch and drinking all of a sudden turns into a nightclub at <laughs> That's just five, weird. five That's, o'clock that's at night. Like, it's not brunch anymore. Like, where am I? Am I dreaming? But anyway, let's wrap things up. Let's go downstairs. Celebrate your anniversary with some karaoke songs. All right, and a couple more Jager bombs. You haven't done that one in a while. <laughs> What, just because I'm a Long Island boy? I mean, I'm gonna do, yeah, I'm going to do Jager Bomb. Yeah, absolutely. So for the Hollywood Assassin, a.k.a. your favorite actor, Mark Schwann. For Green Man and Bear Bronson, I've been your host at Mock J Party. Until next week, party yo. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last, last call, call at, at the, the bar. bar. Oh. All right, everybody, we have made it to the end of the episode, and we're still here with the man, Bear Bronson. It's last call. So first thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you should answer. Bear, are you ready? You got it, man. I'm ready to go. And away we go. What is your favorite adult beverage? Diet Coke. Diet Pepsi, I'm sorry. All right. Diet Pepsi. Other than wrestling, what do you nerd out to? Xbox. Definitely Xbox. Star Wars. Who has been your toughest opponent? Danny Moff. What iconic wrestler, dead or alive, would you like to tag with? Kevin Owens. What is your motto in life? I'd rather go through life saying at least I tried and at least I gave it my all rather than what if. Hell yeah. What is the worst job you ever had? Roofing in the middle of the summer on a beach. Oh, man. Being on a roof in the middle <laughs> of August. <laughs> that, that sucks. Yep. In your opinion, what is the best sports team in American history? I'm not even a baseball guy, but I'm definitely going to say uh, probably New York Yankees. Uh, what is the best feature on a woman? Definitely a sense of humor. Who is your celebrity crush? Oh, Shal- <laughs> Shailene Woodley. If you can change anything about yourself, what would that be? I am very confident in myself, but it'd probably be to grow better facial hair. And finally, what was the best wrestling event you ever been to as a fan? Wow. Maybe 
<laughs> oh man, maybe WrestleMania thirty. 31. Yeah. Or no, you know, or, yeah, maybe 31. But you know what, though? It makes me think of, I know this isn't rapid fire, but it makes me think of, I mean, like being there, because I was there for WrestleMania 30 when Taker lost. Uh-huh. I was there at WrestleMania 33 when the Hardys came back. So, like, it's all, it's, that's so hard to choose. But maybe WrestleMania 30, 31, maybe. That's a good one. And, and I'm with you on that. I was there for 30 and for 31, and I didn't think they could top it any other way, but 31 was great, man. 31 was 31's great. 31's great. Yeah. yeah. All right. It was awesome. You, know. Barry, you survived last call. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Shot of Wrestling, and I'm sure we'll definitely be seeing you down the road. Thank you for having me. We've had a lot of fun, man. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>